The Meadows at Mystic Lake has modified its golf policies to follow the COVID-19 public health recommendations and welcomes you to play this award-winning public golf course. It offers a unique, challenging, and scenic golf experience. The Meadows at Mystic Lake is a full-service golfing destination, enhanced by nearby food and entertainment, including the Meadows Bar and Grill and Mystic Lake Casino Hotel. It's never too early to book a tea time or shop the pro shop. Stop in or visit GolfTheMeadows.com. That's GolfTheMeadows.com. Owned and operated by Shakopee Midwakanton Sioux Community. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. I was sitting on Twitter watching Kirk just drive down the field with two minutes left. I had at Judd Zolgad ready, like, you're going to eat your words, Judd. Kirk can walk it down the field and win yeah. any game, just like the Russell Wilsons, just he like did. the Brady of the league. Yeah. And I, I just – it can't be on him anymore. This offense, I mean, for the top last four years, I mean, talent-wise, has been top ten. I mean, you look at our receiver core, it's been top ten for the last four or five years, are easily a top three running back in the league. You know, the offensive line is whatever, but – um. When you have a defensive-minded head coach like Zimmer, who's supposed to be this guy who's going to, you know, be that defensive back guru and just can, like, shut down these teams. And then you have A.J. Green in second half having a career renaissance against Mac Alexander. And then Rondale Moore goes off for 100 yards. And he's, like, what, 20 years old? Like, that, that's, that's that can't be how you win games. No, it can't. Welcome in to Purple Daily as uh... – Everybody knows by now, presented by our friends at Surly Brewing, Surly Furious, my favorite beer. And also want to thank the folks uh, from TCL TV for, uh, for sponsoring us as well. Enjoy more with TCL. If you don't have a TCL, life-changing football experience. Mm-hmm. It, let's say you broke your TV on <laughs> Sunday. Let's say Greg Joseph's missed field goal from 37 <laughs> yards caused you to break your TV, slam it down, or throw something at it. You need to replace it? Replace it with a TCL. Zolgan and Declan Goff, comments from YouTube that we are now doing on uh, Mondays. Sans Mr. Mackey, who is off doing a ton of other stuff. And Declan, should we get right to it? Should we get to the frustration and the comments from YouTube? Yeah, we're reading your comments. Uh, This is now, Judd and I are recording this about 18 hours after the debacle that happened in Glendale. So a lot of your comments on our YouTube page. We appreciate you. Uh, Thanks for everyone who watched uh, our Ventline episode too, by the way. Keep these comments coming. Um, and we'll obviously be pumping out daily Minnesota Vikings content for you. Now 10, 10 episodes a week, I believe, Judd. So we are uh, we've only yeah, upped our game. Said. This is like this is eleven personnel, right? This is this is this is next level kind of kind of thinking. Oh, it, it, it's some creative play calling, is what this is. Let's uh, let's start with Randy here, Judd, and, and this one's not necessarily too hot, but I, I think it's a good point because I thought of this after the Vikings scored their first touchdown in the second half, and I was confused why this didn't happen either. Randy wants to know. This is not mm-hmm. Randy Vike 69 either. Randy wants to know, why the hell didn't we go for two points? When Barry missed the PAT, I knew we were going to lose by one. I believe what the Vikings scored. Joseph missed the PAT. Yes, excuse me. When Joseph missed the extra point, I believe the Vikings scored two touchdowns right in the second half. So I think they had two opportunities to possibly yep. go for two. Yep. Why didn't the Vikings at one of those points go for two points? I have no idea. I have no idea other than the fact that well, I mean, Mike has done some stuff like that, so it's I, I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't go for two with the way that your offense was functioning, with the fact that you can deploy, uh, at least before he hurt his ankle, Dalvin Cook, 
Jefferson, Thielen, KJ Osborne, right? Like there's enough reason to. I don't know. It is a mystery to me why you wouldn't try and get that point back. And of course, that point ended up being incredibly important, which you knew the second he missed the PAT, uh, it would be. But yeah, it's a it's a really good question. I have not seen uh, the post game transcript from Mike. I have not seen that question on it. He was asked about some of his strategic decisions, but I would have done it. I would have done it in a heartbeat. Um, it, it would have gotten you. It would have gotten that point back right there. So unless there's something below the surface that I completely don't get, to me, it would have made a ton of sense. It would have. I, I'm a big proponent of going for two. More teams are going for two points. Um, it happened, I believe, even in the Ravens and Chiefs game last night. There was opportunities for them to go for two, and they took in. And, and are you going to cash in every time? No. No, you're not. But I, I do think after you missed the first one, it just made sense to attempt to go for two no matter what. It's still going to be a six point or one point game with that little extra missed, missed extra point. Shot. I'm with you. I, I definitely think you should have went for two uh, at some point. Some people commenting, and I saw this on Ventline during the game when we were recording on Sunday afterwards. Uh, Declan can make a 30 yard field goal. I will say, me and Greg Joseph have the same thing in common. I had the distance. I'm also wide right. I kicked a 35 yard field goal at the Super Bowl experience. Really? I had the distance. Oh, I, got no I was just wide right. Okay. So I can't kick a field goal either, by the way. So well, I'm, can, just, well, I'm just letting you know. Well, you can, though. You can, yeah. but you can just miss as well. I just missed. I, d- I don't I, think I could get the ball 35 yards in the air. <laughs> so I, I did so, have the distance, so but no. You that going for you. I cannot. Okay. I cannot make a field goal for the YouTube uh, commenters. Yeah, I'm I just wanted. I just that. wanted self-awareness. I'm, I'm a big proponent of it. Uh, Matty Ice, not formally known as Matt Ryan, wants to know. Um, I think at this point, Zimmer has lost the locker room. Joseph will be in his own head next week. Something needs to be done before we fall into an 0-2 hole. Way too much talent for this. Judd, your comments of Matty Ice saying that Zimmer has already lost the locker room. You've seen locker rooms get disarrayed before in your beat writing days, but is is it too premature or is it spot on that we're trending that Zimmer has already lost the locker room? I don't think he's lost the locker room because I I think that to mean full-scale mutiny starts, and I don't think that that's the case here. I will say this. I believe that a lot of players have tuned Mike out because mm. that's the shelf life thing, right? He's in year eight, I believe. And, you know, at some point in time in this era of sports, there gets to be a season where your message falls on deaf ears. And, and so I wouldn't say that he's like lost the players because it's a mutiny against Mike. That might come. I don't know. But what I will say is that it seems to me, especially with the way that they came out in game one, like they weren't prepared. They were not prepared. They went through an entire training camp, uh, played three exhibition games in which they didn't play particularly well. And then in week one, in a very winnable game, came out, committed 10 penalties. They looked in disarray. So I would amend that statement to say, I do think that Mike has players that no longer listen to his message, which is not a good thing. That's a bad thing. It is a bad thing. Yeah, I I just think, um, unfortunately, eventually messages do get stale, and you can be an old... I forget which exact Ventline listener pointed this out, and it was was brilliant. Uh, It might have been our last guy who was uh, from, from Scotland, or I believe, that Older head coaches like Andy Reid have adapted. They're old, mm-hmm. and they've adapted. John Harbaugh's been in Baltimore forever, and he went from Joe Flacco, who couldn't move a muscle, to Lamar Jackson, had to change up their entire offense basically on the fly. But that, and that was a team that won a Super Bowl about five years prior before drafting Lamar. 
Other coaches have figured out ways to get older and adapted. Pete Carroll, Sean Payton, other teams have been able to do this. And I just don't know that Mike Zimmer has the ability because he's too damn stubborn to adapt to that next level of thinking in the NFL. Uh, and actually, and this translates personally to Mr. Mr. Poole's comment. He says, I am more upset with the defense, play calling, and time management. Yeah, our kickers miss a lot. But the defense gave up massive chunks, couldn't get third down stops. Time management from Zim was predictably awful. Judd, is it, more, is it safer to say to put more blame on the play calling and mismanagement from Mike Zimmer there in the loss to the Cardinals? Well, first of all, make the field goal. It's a 37-yard field goal, okay? Uh, make the kick. And by the way, Rick Spielman, sign a guy that can make the kick. It, the repeating of this over and over and over is so tiresome. And it's so ridiculous that you try to put together w- winning football teams, and one piece of the team is not a football player. It's a kicker, which, as I said on our previous Purple Daily, is more akin to golf. And yet you continue down the cycle of, of having potentially fragile ego people uh, trying to work for Zim. They know he doesn't like them. It's just a vicious cycle that never seems to end. But that being said, yes, the Mike Zimmer in game is not good at managing it. There have been times he's shown improvement, but overall, and yesterday was another example of this, Mike Zimmer in close games where he has to make a lot of snap decisions, which, by the way, I'm not saying they're easy, but you're paid big money to make those decisions is not exactly great. And the defense, Dex, we talked about this. Not only does this defense now not look like a top five defense, which I think if you were going to go after Super Bowl had to be a top five defense, but this defense at times is hemorrhaging yards. And Mike says things yesterday post game like, well, they did some good, good things. I guarantee you if the offense had had a decent day but made some key mistakes, Zimmer would not have been singing the same tune. He would have gone after them for their mistakes. But instead, because it's his defense, he's talking about, well, we did some good things too. Yeah, you did some good things, but you got done in the first half. And you had some players make nice plays. Daniil Hunter had a great day. But you also had, as a unit, you didn't do what you should have done. So I get the frustration from what you just read. But my starting point is make the damn kick. Just make the kick. Absolutely. Uh, Sean wants to know, I'm not sure who will be fired first during this season, but he thinks, uh, uh, including Rick and Zim, by the way, in that in that plan, I'm not sure who wants to be fired first. This who will be fired first this season, Rick Spielman or Mike Zimmer? But I think it's Rick. You take away his hands to make a bad win and now trade and try to save his job. Basically, he wants Rick Spielman fired before Mike Zimmer. Judd, would you, uh, if you were a betting man, purple props, would you wager yep. that that uh, Rick Spielman would be fired before Mike Zimmer? Um, during the season, though, he said, "Yeah, no way, no, no, no. They're not going to fire." Rick has been there since 2006, folks. Uh, right or wrong, the Wilfs like him a lot. They are not going to fire the GM and keep the coach, in my opinion. Uh, could they both be dismissed after the season? Yes, absolutely. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet huge bucks on that, but that could take place. Uh, I'm not convinced either one gets fired during this season, but if one does, I think it's the coach. So, but then my question, as I've asked before, is who coaches this team? You don't really have a guy who's set to step into that that role. Now you could just put an interim guy in there. I understand that, 
But uh, Declan, I'm not sure what you think, but I don't think there's any way that the GM gets fired before the coach during the season. Highly doubt it, man. Um, I actually think there might be some case to be made that if if both these guys survive midseason or uh, full the full season, that Rick Spielman could get axed first, and then they would address Mike Zimmer. I mean, the the, the draft picks have stocked up. Uh, Mike Zimmer has been here a long time. There's loyalty to Mike Zimmer, I feel like, too, from the Wilfs. And there's loyal. There's, there's definitely some loyalty to there's Spielman. There's more to Rick. And he's been there yeah. longer. I get that. Uh, but I, I can see the case. If it was a midseason firing of one of the two, I do think it's just more likely that Zimmer get, that Zimmer goes. Yeah, I think it's getting – if the season's a complete debacle and disaster, I think they both probably go. If it's not a complete debacle and disaster, I think Rick might survive and Mike does not. Um, I just think the fact that they have a coach who can't really operate offensively in a league in, in which the quarterback is the most important player becomes by the day a bigger issue. I really do. And the kicker thing, too, is frustrating because it's partially driven by the fact that Mike is, you know, so uptight about him. I, there's the trend of what has happened to their kickers is incredible. But I'll go back to Rick on that one as well because you should have signed a guy who was in his prime, who might have cost you, but you know what, then you don't have to worry about it. But uh, yeah, I don't think Rick gets fired in season, and I still think it's a fairly long shot that Mike does. Uh, Last Ridge wants to know, and actually, I agree with him here, and I and I kind of disagreed. I didn't voice this to you or uh, Phil during our Sunday episode, but I kind of disagreed with this statement from, from Phil, and I believe you as well. Last Ridge says, I don't care how pissed the Seahawks might be, we should be more pissed that NFL... Uh, between the more pissed NFL team of all the 32 teams over the last two decades. Now, I know you and Phil were talking about the missed field goal, but so do the Vikings. Um, I, I actually think the Vikings will be way more pissed off than the Seahawks going into that home game. You were 0-2. You had ex- two extremely winnable games. Yes, Seattle has reasons to be pissed off, too. I'd be just as frustrated because the Seahawks, are prob- Seahawks fans and other people are probably singing a similar tune that we are on this Loser Monday. But I, I I could give a rat's bleep that the Seahawks are going to come in pissed. I think the Vikings are the team that should be more pissed when they take the field at U.S. Bank in Week 3. I don't care who's pissed. My question is this. Can the Vikings defense for four quarters stop <laughs> the Seahawks? That's all I care about. Russell Wilson is an older Kyler Murray, okay? So here's my question. Four quarters. Stop him. Not three. Not two. Not one. Four. Four bleeping quarters. Come out there and play like the defense that you're supposed to be. So I don't care who's mad and who's not mad. That doesn't help me one bit. What helps me is four quarters of the Vikings playing really well defensively and then obviously carrying the water offensively as well. But that's the most important thing. You know, come out there and stop somebody. You're playing at home, loud environment for the first time in a year plus. Uh, Wilson's a really good quarterback, but guess what? You are finally at home against the guy that beat you consistently in his stadium. So I don't even care about who's mad. I care about the fact that can the Vikings get the performance from their defense that they told us they were going to get when they signed all of these guys. And before I get to my uh, next question here from Cartier, I do want to shout out because I was able to get two rounds of golf in Saturday and Sunday. Shout out to the Vikings for playing a three o'clock game so I could get the sticks out after not playing over the last three weeks. And let me tell you that my game showed uh, not playing for three weeks over the last uh, on Saturday and Sunday, and I probably just should have hit up my friends at PXG because I I can't do this putter disaster anymore, Judd. I had to get a new grip and oh, it, you like, get your new putter. You know get the a new, new putter. The, PXG, the, damn it! The, the grip is one thing, but I, I it's the execution. It's the club. I'm gonna I'm gonna blame uh, the coordinator here. This is this is so much more than just the quarterback. 
Uh, and I got to go to my friends at PXG in Southdale Center in Minneapolis to help me get a, a new putter and, and maybe even uh, a new club or two because uh, two rounds of golf later, yeah, it was showing that I hadn't played in three weeks. And it's fall golf time. This is the most superior time to golf. And I need my friends at PXG to help out my game. So go check them out. PXG in Southdale Center. Cartier wants to know, Judd. The Vikings might be 0-3. Yikes. Percent chance that the Vikings are 0-3. He wants to know. What's the percent well, chance you would put at the Vikings starting 0-3 against the Seahawks in Week 3? Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a tough team. Um, your defense so far has not shown the ability to shut down a team with a quarterback like this for an entire game. I'd put it at, I mean, I don't, the Vikings definitely have a chance to win. So I'm not going to say, I don't think the season's done and I don't think that they suck. Are they disappointing right now? Absolutely. I'll put it at 35%. Something like that. Yeah. Cause I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced they're going to lose. And by the way, if they make the kick against the Cardinals, this discussion is entirely different. So it's disappointing. Uh, I thought the Bengals game was a disaster because of how the Vikings started in the first half. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Sunday's game in, by any means was a disaster. Would I have liked to see more from the defense? Yes. Is Kyler Murray really good? Yes. Um, but the Vikings should win this game. They're at home. Mm-hmm. They're at home. I know. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm so tired of, well, they don't beat the Seahawks. Well, first of all, that's on the road. And second of all, you know, come home and win a damn game. Be two and two. Win, win your next two games. Okay. Change the narrative. So th- 35%. I'm, I'm not giving up. Good for you. It's frustrating to watch. It but is I'm frustrating. Up. I got you. A couple more here. Jeremy says the Vikings are an average to below average team, just like Vegas said in the preseason. A lot of talent, but Vegas knows some cities just won't win. Uh, Joe, would you agree that the Vikings are just an average to below average team with their 0-2 record through the first two games of the season? It's hard to argue with it right now, but um, I so the defense is not as good as, as I expected, and I don't know if it can gel or if guys like uh, Patrick Peterson is just old. Bashad Breeland does not look good. Um, how much does Anthony Barr eventually returning possibly against the Seahawks help? I don't know. The offensive line played better yesterday, but there is no question they should be above average. Like they're taking a shot here. They're on two, but Declan, they're taking a shot. They have now three capable receivers, which they have not had for a long time. KJ Osborne is the real deal. That gives Kirk Cousins more options. If Dalvin Cook's ankle is okay, he remains an elite player. So so I can't argue with the fact that right now they look to be average to below it probably, but I can say I expect more, and I'm going to continue to expect more. And again, if you beat the Cardinals, we all say that's a great road win. So um, again, in my sense of not giving up all hope, I think that right now they're doing obviously what Vegas said but do you think that they're destined to be bad I don't necessarily think that. yeah I don't know if they're destined to be bad I think it's fair to say maybe there was some overhype and over overrating of what we thought the Vikings could be I believe Phil Mackey had the uh, genius line on Sportsnet in Canada the hockey whisperer football whisperer going on a uh, Canadian sports talk radio where's Judd's hockey show invite to talk uh, uh, in the Toronto, he was going round. on in Toronto to talk Blue Jays Twins too. Yeah, but his his line was there: the gravitational pull 
to be average. And unfortunately, historically speaking, uh, sometimes it feels like the Vikings just never want to be anything less than average. And that can be fine because then you're not a dumpster fire like the Cleveland Browns for 20 plus years. But then when the Browns figure it out, i.e. right now with Kevin Stefanski, Baker Mayfield and company, well, maybe that suffering sometimes can absolutely uh, be worth it. One last question. Hey, Dex, here. Yes, hey, yes, sir. Yes, Dex, sir. just quickly, just quickly. Let's talk about something that is not only average, it exceeds it by a lot. Okay. Let's talk about my friends at Surly Fury. <laughs> Surly Brewing Company. Surly Brewing Company proudly, and we appreciate them, presents all of our Vikings coverage. And now you're asking, okay, Judd, what should I get? I am giving you a visual aid here if you are watching us right now. Surly Furious is my beer of choice. It is the IPA that is Minnesota's favorite because, you know, Vikings fans, Minnesota sports fans, we all do enough settling in life. So crack open a Surly Furious. Enjoy the IPA that revolutionized Minnesota craft beer. Don't settle. Do what I do. Get Surly. Win or lose. You'll like being Surly. Uh, last one here from Everlasting Life. Uh, we've been only obviously talking about the negative parts here, and he brings up a good point. This game did, though, have a lot of good. Nick Vigil, Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. KJ Osborne, Daniil Hunter, mm-hmm. Dalvin with a big day, Cam Dantzler with a big play towards the end, etc. Uh, I know moral victory laps can sometimes happen in this town, but I do think Everlasting Life brings up a good point that there were a lot of positives that did come out of this week two, at least individually in this week two performance. That's what makes it so frustrating. That's what makes the field goal miss so frustrating is, is we would have been basically focusing on today, all of those things, right? All of them. Daniil Hunter has now, I think it's four sacks in two games. He looked fantastic. He's back. That's great news. Um, I, I thought, I thought when they signed, vigil that it was sort of just a backup linebacker signing yeah he has stepped right back in to mike's defense and looks fantastic i mean we should be talking about him kj osborne i told you guys in training camp he looks good he looks like he could be a threat well he's more than a threat he is good uh so yeah the front the most frustrating thing really about that loss uh one is you didn't get the win two is the performances that are impossible to really focus on now. Kirk Cousins. What what would we have been talking about know, today if Kirk Cousins leads that drive? And and the second to last drive was a disaster. It was it was a Cousins-esque Kubiak Clint play calling fiasco. And they get the ball back again one last time, right? And they're driving down the field, bang, 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 passes all over, looking fantastic. Cook is hurt by this point, too. So this is on Kirk. And Kirk did it. And we should have been talking about, oh, my God, Kirk Cousins got him down the field. They kicked the field goal. They won the game. Is this sort of a – like like that was – as I tweeted, Dex, yesterday was Kirk Tober. Was it not? <laughs> it was Kirk Tober. Yeah. Didn't we see Kirk Tober yesterday? We had an early preview of Kirk Tober, baby. And it was fun to talk about. Yeah, it was hot as hell here, but it, there was a chill <laughs> in the air with Kirk Tober. And, and instead, it's like, okay, yeah, those things were fine, but – so that's what's so frustrating. Like, there was a lot of positivity to discuss. Some pie chart of praise was going to be broken out. Declan had his done, which jinxed the whole thing. Okay. But but nonetheless, yes, that's a – that email is a thousand – or that note on YouTube is a thousand percent correct. And it's really a shame that the kicker cost them a chance to really focus on what they did well. 
I know. I, I had a nice little pie chart of praise. I couldn't wait. Couldn't wait to all the, all the great slices of pies and that I, that I had cooking up in my ingredients. And yeah, you can blame me. I don't care. If you, uh, if, if you think. I'm joking. Yeah, no, no, I'm I know, joking. I know. I'm more talking about other people. I jinxed it too. I, so. I, I'm, I'm no longer really believing uh, too much in jinxes, but at the same time, if I can find a new scapegoat for the Minnesota Vikings franchise, I guess I'll wear it. I'll totally wear it sometimes. Uh, that I was. Oh. oh, just quickly. The Bengals game disgusted me because they came out so poorly and that was just inexcusable. Yesterday's game is just, it's too damn bad. Like a kicker again, really? Like we're like we're gonna have to go back to this. It, there have not been as many Friday the Thirteenth sequels of horror as as there have oh, been no. Vikings kickers screwing you. No, oh, no, no. I know it was so weird just watching that. That I I didn't get pissed. I just there was that doom and gloom feeling of I I don't feel com- until I see that ball through the uprights. Yeah, I have, you shouldn't. I have no confidence that this is going in. I have I have next so to no confidence. It is. It's sad, man. I'm that triggered. Is so. Darn sad. All right, we're done here? Yes, sir. We are done. Comments from YouTube, which we, we will do. It'll be uh, uh, Zolgad and Declan each Monday going through your comments, answering your questions, and trying to provide even more Vikings therapy than we do on Vikings Ventline. Purple Daily, as Declan said, 10 episodes per week, including a uh, Purple After Dark tomorrow with our friend Realistic Randy, who my guess is will be in full meltdown <laughs> mode. We'll talk to you soon. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA, members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.